man. Hey guys, welcome to episode 52 of CB Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Common number five, and my fellow host, whom Baral actually came to for expertise, Big Tuck. Hey! How's it going? Hello, uh, quick shout out to the, hey, younglings and Padawans. Need to bleep that potentially. Uh, most importantly, uh, I just want to say, you know, as we talked about pre-show, uh, this is our 52nd uh, almost our year anniversary here, and uh, I've chosen foolishly to celebrate on this very o important occasion for how much I've been enjoying this with you guys. So, Bobsy, oh no, here we go. Oh, oh boy, oh jeez, <laughs> it's oh jeez, he's having trouble. Conversation. Hey, Woo! so Feliz uh, cumpleaños, there we go. I don't know what that is. Uh, so <laughs> we are having. We're, I wish I could show this with you guys, but I guess I'll just have to drink it all myself. Um, Ooh, that's gonna be. That, that's a tall bottle yeah, of beer. Yeah, we're the way. doing a little worth the wait Imperial Red Ale, which I believe oh, is nice. also sports themed. For those for those playing the home game, that is a Boulevard Smokestack series, which typically ranges between eight and thirteen percent alcohol, and it is a full wine bottle size. Yeah, this is an elevener, so it's not too bad. But uh, I need it for this. I need it for this episode as well. But Anyway, so I'm doing. I'm about to be doing much better, Mr. Combo. How are you, sir? I'm pretty good, and you know the Commander Smiths uh, would be very proud of you for that beer. Uh, those would be some of our cohorts up in the Minnesota area, uh, even though they don't talk like that, but they love drinking beer too. Oh, oh heck, even TCO would be proud of you because that's hey. some booze, and they're all about drinking and having a good time. Yeah, even if it we're came having, from we're the having a good time. I'm not, I'm not sure the rest of the episode is going to be a good time, so I'm trying to trying to get loose before we get into that. Uh, but no, I'm good. Uh, it was you know pretty exciting. I shared uh, on our main Twitter account and posted in our Discord that we got the Big Tuck Monarch and Mr. Common Number 5 oh reminder cards mm -hmm. in. They look, they so look amazing. They feel they great. Uh, now we just gotta wait on the Squeamy Geek coin. If it'll ever get here from Japan. We'll, That'd be we'll Japan. find out. Japan? I, I have yet to have Japan? the pleasure with the coin. Really? I thought all of our boys were in China. Well, no, it is, but it, it has to route through customs. Oh. And so, yeah, so right now, I mean, I assume it's Could Japan. Call it it says JPN, so I assume that's what I, yeah, it means. I think that's, but. That's, that's, probably, that's, that's probably a fair assumption. I'm, I'm ready to get my mitts on <laughs> that coin. Like, I want to okay. get a tactile feel. But no, it, other than that, it's been good. Uh, you know, you and I worked on our CMD Tower yes. store yesterday a bit, and I worked on a little bit more today. So hopefully we'll have that up and running. I know uh, Squeeze been excited, even though we haven't introduced him, uh, but he's been working on his uh, Who is this Squeeze, we're talking about? Squeeze Corner um, and uh, answering questions. So yeah, I mean, overall, it's been it's been great for the cast. Yeah. Uh, it, it's been, uh, you know, fun. I just got back from the lake this last right. weekend. I know you were traveling. Yeah. So uh, all things are good right now other than the fact i can't like go usually right now is when i start amping up for my asia trip that i right. take with one of our friends in colorado yeah. so that's a little unfortunate that that's not going to be happening but yeah other than that i can't complain good good man uh you're gonna be complaining about half this bottle because it is strong <laughs> it's strong well, thanks for tuning into the episode, guys. And as always, with the Manolith commentary from Rich Chaos Records Studio, Squee McGee. Keeping it classy here with the Manolith stuff. Uh, and you got to pause. So speaking of Manoliths, uh, patron uh, from almost the beginning, Jay Besh, sent mm -hmm. me a present to give you. Wait, what? We have a foil Manolith. Yes! <laughs> yes! Did, he at least, did he at least sign it? <laughs> no, he did not. Oh, good. good. I don't want him to sully Manolith with the signature. They consider that damage at the stores. 
we've been I know we've talked for the 16 listeners out there about making some sort of bingo card or like drinkathon to go with <laughs> where it's like it's like for those listening at home you can play literally the home game which would be a drink on it like this <laughs> I think, yeah, I think Manolith Commentary and Reese are definitely the two from the squeeze. I got to go right on uh, that card. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Besh, thank you very much. I will absolutely put that into my Akiri deck. Happening the moment I get it. Uh, my day got a lot better. I got a foil Manolith and didn't have one of those. So, you know, I don't have a whole lot else. I'm back from vacation and I'm feeling good. It's all coming up aces for you. All right. Well, guys, if you know more ways to support the CMD Tire team and all the content we put out, you can send us foils of cards we like. Yes. Me would be Ultra the Brew. Just send them to me. I'd love it. <laughs> but you can also head over to our sponsor, Level One Game Shop. They sell magic accessories like our CMD Tower playmat and Matt Hunter Pack sleeves. They also do have a great storefront with uh, board games and all the cards that you need and the pricing is very competitive and they have your sealed product. So, yeah, go hook them up. Um, another way to support us outside of level one is also go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash CMD Tower. We have four different pledge levels and rewards vary from getting those big tuck, Mr. Combo, Squee, different uh, in-game accessories to getting uh, access to the Discord. We also have a stretch goal. We, I think, gain another 20-ish patrons, 23, wow. something like that. Uh, we'll be at 50, and uh, so basically we've got a double, and <laughs> we'll uh, start once a month having one of you on the cast. Not just one of your decks that we talk about. We're going to have you personally be here. And Mr. Combo and I just also sat down and brainstormed kind of what our future would look like. And I think that we are desperately going to need some help from you guys in the following months to fill in on some themes potentially, which we don't need to get into right now. So please <laughs> tell your friends we will need you. <clears throat> yes, because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. Um, and of course, big shout out to Pink Royal. Thanks a lot. And of course, stay tuned till the end so you can get details on how you can win our new giveaway oh. for August to be announced at the end. So Brews and Builds is our deck tech series. It's all about the decks that Big Tuck, our guest, and I have in our Path to 32. Each episode, we're going to talk about one of those Path to 32 decks, but in a cool manner of brewing beers. So we broke it down into four different categories. The first one's ramp and setting your board state. That's grains. Yes, and uh, every beer's foundation is in the grain profile. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of the beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. The next one's going to be, how does your board interact with all of your opponents? That's hops. Yes, and hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do what it wants. And then the next thing's going to be, how does your deck actually win? Which I don't know if this deck even wants to win. It just wants to watch the world burn. <laughs> We're calling that yeast. <laughs> yes, and yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds alcohol content in the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. And without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal actually winning the game. 
And then to seal the deal on the deck, we have shenanigans. These can be pet card synergies that are in the deck that are just kind of fun, interesting, don't really make sense. We call that spice package. Uh, yes, and uh, coincidentally, this entire deck could be in here, but that's not how this channel operates. Um, not every beer has them, but spices and other additives helps it separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into jalapeno stout or the addition of fermenting in a whiskey barrel that turns a normal uh, stout or porter into a bourbon barrel stout or porter. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we talk about it. And then to seal the deal, we have a bottle capping. These would be big text, our guests and eyes, recommendations and cuts to the deck that are under five, under 50, and a no budget recommendation. Only restriction is you can't do mana only lands and you can't do mana lifts. So without further ado, <laughs> let's get brewing. Today we're talking, I, and so Tuck named the deck, but I've slightly altered it. I'm curious what you think. Okay. Maelstrom Wandering in Chaos. Oh, I like it. Yeah, see, I think you do. We have different, we, are, we have a dichotomy of how we name our decks. We're like, mine's always the name of the commander and then something after it, but you do like a little bit more flourish through it. So I like it. I, I will totally. Oh. A little flutter kick, if you will. Oh, I like it. It's like peacocking. Uh, yeah. So, um, listen. I know everyone out there <laughs> listen. I know everyone out there listens into this podcast and think, "Wow, this guy, Big Tuck, just really has it together. He's got his whole life together, especially around his tight competitive deck building." Um, well, pause <laughs> and pop pads. Uh, your old pal, Big Tuck, was not always so unscrupulous, and at uh, points of his life, was a little bit more zany and loose with his deck building. Long before the arcane signets of the world materialized, we actually played EDH to have some sort of semblance of fun, exciting magic games, and what else signifies that besides a deck full of complete insanity? Uh, this is my Maelstrom Wanderer deck, and it is a true chaos deck, not like the Idris decks that claim to be one. Uh, this used to be a coin flip deck, and honestly, I think about going back to that for simplicity's sake, or potentially just taking the entire deck Do and throwing it. it into the garbage. Um, I might have a coin for you here soon. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, but for reals, uh, I don't really like teamer it's one of my least favorite color combinations and i needed to put something together so here we are um this is led by maelstrom wander who is a very expensive person especially in this deck where he doesn't come down and immediately win the game five colors and teamer for a seven five legendary creature elemental he is a mythic rare mr combo take it from there uh, creatures you control have haste. That's it. That's all the text he has. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, so what makes Maelstrom Wanderer amazing is when you cast this spell, it has Cascade, Cascade. So you exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land card that costs less. You may cast it without paying its mana cost. And then you take all the exiled cards, put them on the bottom of your library in a random order, and then you may do it again. So the competitive builds... Is you cast Maelstrom Wanderer, you cascade into something else that can cascade, you cascade into something else that gives you a bunch of mana, and then maybe you bounce Maelstrom Wanderer and you do it, do it again, again and you do this infinite rigmarole, uh, and then you kind of win the game or take all these extra turns. Uh, it, it's almost kind of like Narset, mm -hmm. uh, the commander. Mm -hmm. Well, once you, it, hers, it's like you attack and you ideally win yeah, that turn. That's just where it goes. You're just, yeah, you're just kind of flipping stuff, and Maelstrom Wanderer is very similar to where you cast him and ideally you're either winning that turn or it puts you so far ahead that your opponents were scrambling for a 
response. This deck, however, I have played against, and it does none of those things. <laughs> How dare you? I was gonna, the joke I was going to say is, like, you you made mention of other competitive decks out there. Like, this isn't one. Um, coincidentally, I'm not sure if it's just a bug and tapped out. The competitive meter is non-existent on this deck list, which I think is about right. Um, so I actually... It's off I, the charts. I, I really like playing goofy games. I really like playing Plane Chase, um, and I wanted to build a kind of a deck around that. I think I did build this in Fort Collins, Drake. Um, I will say it's one of your most budget decks I've ever seen. I, yeah, it's absurdly low, which means because I have no nice lands, uh, <laughs> no really nice cards, period. No expensive <laughs> artifacts, anything like that. Um, but I, the weird thing is, okay, so I've thought about this. And I used to track it. This deck's actually won a handful of games, if you can believe it. And I think it's due to one or two things. A, Millicent Wanderer is just big enough just to beat face if you get lucky and no one can cast a spell. Um, yeah. Or this is something where, like, you're this is the deck you're supposed to start the game off, start the night off with every time, right? Like, everyone's clear-minded, paying attention. You can remember all the insanity that's going on. But usually it's like, nah, I want to play something that's a little more, that's a little less complicated to kind of warm up, right? This is always a deck that comes out the last game of the night. And by then everyone's been drinking or like too tired to be like, wait, what's going on? I don't even care. Like, I'm just, I'm over it. So maybe that's <laughs> I quit. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, if we look at, I will look at, <laughs> uh, evidently when this deck was put in here i also didn't pay attention to the or didn't think that the color wheel existed because boy it is a little off <laughs> yeah i feel like you you definitely did the traditional i'm just gonna do a third of each yeah, yes for sure <laughs> which which over half of your deck is blue mm -hmm. so big tuck has it ever come back to bite you in the butt with the colors that you need to cast your spells you know what i don't <laughs> think it ever has like i don't know if i have that many things that have too many blue pips um because i play green um, I do have a lot of ways to go get lands out of my deck, um, so maybe that's helped. Honestly, I, like, I can't t <laughs> The way the deck is built, I can't really tell you if it's been successful or not. It just kind of always happens. <laughs> and hopefully, usually, usually what I hope for is people don't just kill me before I get the chance to cast one of my stupid big spells. Um, it also yeah. doesn't help that it has a 4.14 CMC with no way to reduction or anything along those lines. So you could say you've been wandering around for victory for a I, while. I, I really have. I really have. All right. Well, uh, let's dive into this. Let's start with the greens. Big Tuck, start us off. What's your first green card? So this is a card that I actually like a lot, um, but it is a holdover from the coin flip days. Now it pretty much just turns into a ramp spell. So I wanted to start off with talking about Stitch in Time. I knew you would talk about that card. I love this card. It's a three mana, take an extra turn. So colorless and what is Maybe. What was that, is it? Yes, of course, you never know. Um, colorless is it, so that's a one and a blue and a red for a sorcery. It's a rare. Uh, flip a coin. If you win the flip, take an extra turn after this one. What this really says is maybe <laughs> play turn three, maybe you get to draw a card and play an extra land and pass the turn. <laughs> So in many, uh, in many ways, it's like a growth spiral of sorts. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I <laughs> really bad. You're gonna uh, I mean, I, I, I could I could. So I'm trying to look at this from a chaos perspective. Mm -hmm. So from a chaos perspective, I like the card sure. because it is chaos. Right. Like you could get it off a cascade. 50 50 chance yep. on whether you even get the extra turn. So that's pretty cool. Um, Using it as a growth spiral is a terrible <laughs> card. Yes. It's really bad. Um, so if purely it's in the deck for ramp, 
get it out of here and put in a rampant <laughs> oh, right, we don't even have that in here uh sylvan scribe green ramp crop rotation yeah there, there's so many other better cards for that but if it's purely just yeah. hey I want I want the opportunity to maybe get an extra turn, but I want to do it in a chaos manner. Correct. Then I'm okay. I'm all yes. on board with that. And like I said, this was and we'll talk about this in the cuts, but this was one of the holdouts, one of the few cards that's a coin flip card that actually like does something in the real world. But I yes. love stitching time. I actually run it in like a lot of decks. I don't see how many. Well, well, I'm looking at it. I brought it's probably like four or five. So, um, but yeah, you gave me one because you wanted me to put it in one of my decks, and I I think I just threw it in my bolt bin. Well, I was well. <laughs> In that case, I would much like that back. Thank you very much, sir. I don't know where it is. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, ah. I By just... his bulk bin, he meant the trash can. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> the recycling bin. So. Yeah, it, 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 it fell behind the beer fridge along oh. with that Tempest Reanimate. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, Six right. Times, one of my faves. Uh, well, my first one I want to talk about is a card that actually I played in Arena because I really like the card. But then Forrest the Day 2 Wong told me that Gilded Goose is just significantly better. Oh. But I like the card anyways. We're talking about Abriol Grazer. Yeah, we are. Card sick. I can't believe you picked this card. Oh, it's awesome. It's because no one plays it, and it's it's incredible. Yeah, it is pretty great. Um, so it's a uh, single green creature beast, zero three. Uh, and I will read the flavor text so you oh, won't it. have to use your glasses, but you have to read the rest of the text. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what its voice sounds like. We fight to stop a tyrant, but we also fight for the gentle creatures who have no concept of what befalls their world. Oh, that's supposed to be Vivian Reed. So I like, SOB. The best part is I don't think that's I don't think that's a horrible Vivian Reed impression either. Like she strikes me as one of those strong like those strong female types who has that like really high girly voice. Maybe. I picture her more of having like the deep uh rounder rousey voice. Oh yeah, fair enough. Um, so anyways, it, it is an 03 with reach and then when it enters the battlefield you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped. Um, so the reason why I like this card a lot is because I think it kind of has a whole game like from the mid from the early game to the mid game you will probably have a land in your hand that you'll be able to dump out especially I run yep. the um, bounce lands so like getting one of those turn one is kind of like a pretty great accelerant um, granted that's magic Christmas land but again like I said this deck doesn't really get going until like conservatively five mana. So you need something to get in the way of other things while you're yeah. out. Um, I think Arboral Grazer kind of does a lot of that at the price. Um, Birds of Paradise, just better. I agree with you, but it's also $5 or whatever. So, and if we look, and that's like what, a 10th of this deck's budget. So, <laughs> um, I, so I guess my question here is, do you think that a Land of Our Elves is just better than this in this deck, even though it only gives you green? Because for me, I like the I like the option of putting down the land that might get you some of that color fixing. Well, let, let's let's do a little recategorization of how we do things. And so, if we look at your land count, I think I have thirty four. The total, you have thirty four. So it's not like you're going to be land flooded in your hand. Right. Now, if you had 38 in the deck, uh -huh. then I would say Aberrell Grazer is probably better because sure. you're all, you're probably the odds are you're always going to have a land. But like we talked about in our green episode last week for MTG action Four news, uh, that other cast, right. um, 
The Phantom I say Zone. That I like to ru- I like to run thirty four, and that's because I like a very tight ship, and so <laughs> therefore I would rather play more search the library for lands or mana doors sure. than play things that are putting lands from my hand to the battlefield, like a burgeoning or an exploration. Again, I'm confused because you make the insinuation that this is not a tight ship deck, which is just <laughs> just wrong. So, <laughs> anyways, what's your what's your second one? No, no, you're next. Me? Now. Okay. Um, so my last one is a card that I think is really fun. Um, and I think this is going to be where I kind of want this deck to go back to. So um, this is, we talked a lot about like modular cards and making your opponents do decisions. I think this is one <gasps> of the more interesting ones. Yes. It's a sorcery. Is it? Oh, uh, no. Oh. oh, is there another option? Um, so I am talking about Manifold Insights. So ah, okay. two colorless and a blue for a sorcery sitting at 61 cents. Reveal the top 10 cards of your library, starting with the next opponent in turn order. Each opponent chooses a different non-land card from among them, put them in your hand, and then put the rest of your bottom of your library in a random order. So in reality, I think there's like three cards that actually matter in this deck. And then the rest of them are just like, whatever. And usually at the table, there's at least one person playing that wants to see this insanity unfold. Um, usually like the marketing Rosses or the Scooty Shuffles of the world. So sometimes they'll catch you a break. But for me, I just like it because I think it gives your it kind of gives your opponents agency to kind of shape the way they want the deck to go, right? If they want in on the chaos, they can give you three chaos cards. If they don't, they can give you maybe a counter spell or something like those lines. But it's either the, the best ways I've seen this unfold is it's like three chaos cards and seven ramp spells. So, or seven, or seven sort of grain things. So eventually you're going to get that back. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, if you're looking for chaos, it's, it's what the deck wants. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I would rather brainstorm, but once again, we're talking on a severe budget yeah, exactly. and not a tight ship. This is not a tight ship. This is a like leaky sailboat. It's like the beginning of Pirates of the Caribbean when you see Jack Sparrow just, coming in. I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly that. Hey, one mind. Yes. We have, con- we have connected synergy. <laughs> synergy. All right. All right. What do you, well, what do you got? Um, next? So I got two more. Okay. Uh, and so this is the card I thought you were talking about. Steam augury. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Two colorless. Is it blue red? It's an instant. And it says reveal the top five cards of your library and separate them into two piles. The opponent chooses one of those piles and puts that into your hand and the other into your graveyard. Wouldn't you rather do this than the manifold insights? So to your because then you're you're possibly getting two or three. I agree with you, and then because you'll get three out of the manifold, but um, this card is very similar to another card I love, Factor Fiction, which in and mm-hmm. of in and of itself is much better in this deck than uh, manifold <laughs> insights. But I do so. Um, there has been talks of like, why wouldn't you just play Factor Fiction? Fiction because your opponents have to make the choice of the piles that you choose. But one thing that I think's different: this Factor Fiction goes. Factor Fiction, if I remember correctly, goes on the bottom of the library, right? I think so. So I do like the fact that this goes into the graveyard. Too, right so if you're playing a deck where that matters and this is decidedly does not <laughs> so um do you think that this might be a sleeper hit for some spell slinger decks like the calamax that we talked about because it is an instant speed actually you know what that would be a sleeper because you're going to get to do it twice so you're getting to look at 10 cards potentially keep six of them or if someone like a marketing garage just wants to see the world burn they say hey put it all in one pile i'll, I'll let you have it um, 
Yeah, no, that would that would be a good card, and it's thirty cents. So, and I'm guessing you don't no. run this in any of your decks, if I remember correctly. No, no, no. I play good cards. How dare you? <laughs> we need to make marketing Ross an anarchy card that says, "I just want to watch the world burn." Uh, but my next card is an actual good card, um, and I think it's amazing for a chaos deck because. Chaos, part of it is not knowing, but I think what's even more chaotic is letting people see that you have a piece of dynamite and you have the match and it's right next to the fuse. Future Sight. Yeah! <laughs> Two colorless trip blue. <laughs> Talk about not a lot of blue pips. <laughs> um, and it's an enchantment and it says play with the top card of your library revealed. You may play the top card of your library. So you literally you could have one of your spicy cards or yeasty cards just sitting there and it's like, you guys want to do it? Sh should we do it? And if everyone's like, no, you do it anyways. Yeah. Well, the bad news. Uh, you don't have a choice. I, so do you I know you run this in a couple decks, right? I think one. I think I run it in my Empress Galena deck. So, do you think that this card would see more play if either it was reduced by one mana, or if it wasn't triple pips? Um, I don't think the triple pips is that big of a deal, to be honest. Okay. Um, I think if it was four mana, it would get more play. Yeah. Or if it even just was three blue. Mm-hmm. Like if it, if, it, if it costs three. And maybe you had to put another restriction, like you can only play one card off the top of your library per turn. Right, right, right. And it's three blue. I think that would even still see more play because then that, you know, you kind of stop the storm people from just like, oh, I play my whole deck. Yes. Or if, if it was like to your point of like per, if it was three blue, same thing, but you can only play permanence off the top of your library. Sure. Yeah. That'd be very weird for Blue to do that. I feel like Blue would probably say non-permanence, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I see what you're saying. Right. Blue does everything. No, I, yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's like, this is just a card I've liked, and, well, here we are. <laughs> Squee, and you got that confused. Blue doesn't do everything. Green, green. does everything. Now that wraps up the green Shh, bill, now we're going to head over to the hops. I'm going to keep talking because uh, that's the way we do this channel. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about one of the few foils you have in your deck. Oh, it's yeah, also, this is one, too. <laughs> all right. Three, two, one. Zer's, Zer's weird. Eating. So weird. Um, so it's three colorless blue enchantment. Tuck, read away. Yeah, of course. Um, players play with their hands revealed. If a player would draw a card, he or she reveals it instead. Then any other player may pay two life. If a player does, put that card into its owner's graveyard. Otherwise, that player draws the card. So this is actually, I think, one of the few good cards in the deck. <laughs> I think it, I think, and, and I think it also, the note I had on this was, I think it really, this really hurts the opponents more than it'll ever hurt me. Because yep. people will see, you know, you're drawing your expropriates or torments of hailfires or whatever the world. And they'll be like, I'm going to lose to that card anyway. So two life is no, is no small price or is a small price to pay. Yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, this, the only thing that it could hurt you on is if you had a secret win con in the Ooh. deck, but you don't because oh. it's a leaky ship. Are you, are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll see you. I'll see you in the east, east, east. 
Uh, oh my god, don't talk about the card that should be in your grain. Uh, but no, I, I love the card, and you're absolutely right. It makes all of your opponents see all the scary stuff that they're doing. It's an enchantment, so it's going to be hard to get rid of. Uh, four mana... <laughs> That I think that's the trend we're seeing with this deck yeah. and your CMC and the budget. The lower your budget goes, the higher your CMC goes mm-hmm. because that's the trade-off you're making. Yeah. Oh, so it's because if this card was three mana, it would probably be a five dollar card. Yeah. If it was two mana, it would probably be a ten or fifteen dollar mm-hmm. card. I completely agree. And the only lesson I'll say on it that's kind of weird is that Zer's weirding is not tutorable by Zer himself. That's hilarious. Is that supposed to be Zer in the artwork? You no, know, I don't I have no idea to be honest with you. And there's a new version of it that I think actually has him on it, but I actually opened this okay. in my mystery my mystery box, so I was like, oh finally. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm almost wondering if the eye yeah. is Zer's weirding, and he's, like, weirding someone out. Right, yeah. I like it. It's gotta be. It's like the Alvis deck All right. everyone else out. <laughs> well, Tuck, what is your second hop card? Okay, so I think this one is actually... This card, I think, isn't played enough, in my opinion. And I think it serves an actual purpose in a lot of decks. So, I have talked about how I hate land destruction, but I really, really, really like this card. So, we are talking about one Mwoli... Acid Moss. So I think he did all right. That's pretty close, right? One Voli. Yeah. Um, so two colorless and two green for sorcery. Uh, destroy target land. Target land, not non-basic or otherwise. Search your library for a forest card and put that card into play. Tap, then shuffle your library. And it actually is a dollar, which is kind of surprising. But I think this sees play in Popper, if I'm not mistaken. So, But also, it's forest cards, and you'll get duels correct. and stuff like that. Um, if, if only those existed in this deck, which I don't think I have a single... Nope. Um, so anyways, I do actually like this card quite a bit. Um, and I think it's underplayed, especially in like a mono-green Lands Matters deck. I think this does a lot of work, um, especially get it turn two turn three if you can get out that early where this really comes into play is against two things in my opinion number one it's a really good card that's a deterrent against a glacial chasm cabal coffers that sort of thing but the way that you can really piss people off is if they bounce if they on their second or third turn use a bounce land you just zap it and then go from there like a, yeah, I mean, technically, that's the theory behind any land destruction. Sure, yeah, right. So, yeah, uh, once again, I think this is a perfect example of it's a dollar eleven. It's a land destruction, I guess, with a little bit of land tutor. Uh, but if you got a strip mine, does kind of the same sure. thing because you have a land that taps and you can destroy. Um, I I like it for a chaos card. Right. I don't know if it really fits that build. Um, I mean, I guess if you cascade into it and it's just like, well, <laughs> well sorry. <laughs> um, and to your point, it only gets a forest, which is the almost a, the, either tied for or the smallest amount of mana that I need in this deck. So uh, it's the smallest, it's the smallest amount by far. Yeah, yeah, you have 19 pips to 23 red Oof. to 54 blue. <laughs> Shows um. you where this deck spread is buttered. All right. Well, uh, my second one is a card that I think is very, very funny. And I love the chaos of it. I'm surprised you don't have it in spice. It has to deal with threes, twos, ones, winds winds of of the fates. fates. (laughs) Baby! This is... 
This is fits in all categories, in my opinion. <laughs> it's so insane. All right, so before you can steal my thunder, Whims of Fates is a sorcery that costs 32 cents and is five colors in a red. Mr. Combo, take it away. Uh, starting with you, each player separates all permanents he or she controls into three piles. Now, it doesn't say equal piles, so I'll tell you the funny thing that you can do. Then each player chooses one of his or her piles at random and sacrifices those permanents. Piles can be empty. So if you're a real pro player, you put all your piles into one pile. Yes. And you take the 30 per, 30% chance that you will lose all of your stuff. Pro and probably concede. Yes, exactly. You either get yourself or you just concede. It's a perfect card for that. And I'll let you know that when I was in Chicago working at Optiver. Uh-oh. Alley. This one guy named Bob Kime. We played this card a lot up there for some reason. It just kept popping up in decks. I have no idea why. He would always he would always just be like one and I'm done. Don't care. Right? And I never saw him lose that pile. Not once. And really? I think I might have seen him five times or something like that. So that's crazy. For the people out there. He also only took tails on head on coin flips, and I'm not sure if I saw him lose one of those either. So yeah, uh, it can be a little clunky and a little scary, but again, it kind of moves the game along and makes people think a little bit about what their board is going on. Sorry, I got distracted. This just in, Marketing Ross found Jumpstart Packs at Target for $5. What? Oh, yes, I've, I have been... Not a, so I gotta talk about this real quick. I've been in this chat. I responded. Uh, Kevin also found them. So they are at the Target in Mission next to my home. I went there two days ago and they had none. And he's like, no, they're full. They're full up on stock right now. So I wow. got something to do tomorrow. If that's, they're still that, there, that's I your, would be surprised uh, Kevin and Action news segment for the day. <laughs> Man. I'm, literally, uh, I was there two days ago at the Target. <laughs> Out. But yeah, Whims of Fates, great card for this deck. I, and I do, and I do like how you, you know, it'd be funny. It'd be funny to put this in a Corvold deck. Oh, interesting. That would now be that is some, some sick. And that's, <laughs> oh, that, that also sounds like a real deck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I got one more. Okay, perfect. Uh, my last one is a blue sorcery, stolen goods, mm -hmm. uh, three colorless blue. This is a card I should be playing, I think, a little bit more. Um, it is a little expensive CMC, but target opponent exiles cards from the top of his or her library until he or she, they, exiles a non-land card. Until end of turn, you may cast that card without paying its mana cost. I wish there was a way to abuse this, because I would love to do that. And this is this has a very unexpected results oh, sure. type feel. Um, and once again, it's what your deck wants to do. Chaos, madness, maybe I'm good, maybe I'm not. So I'm all on board. I'm, I'm actually, this is on the chopping block for me. Oh, to, you hurt me. I know, but to your point, I think that's the issue. It's only one, if it was each opponent, hell yeah, right? Sure. But I, sure. I will tell you, every time I've cast this card, Mana Rock, Dork, Counterspell, like I've never, I've never gotten anything good out of it. Hey, hey, those are great things. Now your opponents don't get. Oh, them. that's very, that's very true. So I, I agree. Like I think this is one of the ones that I like a lot in theory. Um, but if you have a way to like double, oh wait, no, it's sorcery. If you if you have a way to like double or like somehow store, I know you're thinking Calamax. Yeah, I'm kind of on a Calamax bender right now. Um, 
does a lot of work there too. So, I, you know, maybe it is, maybe it can't stay in, maybe it can't, but uh, I think that you, I think that you would find this fun in some of your decks as well. Like, in, uh, what about in your, in your oft played Savine deck? Oh my God, what a bad deck. <laughs> Anyways, that's going to wrap up the hot profile. I don't even want to make a comment on that <laughs> piece of garbage. Uh, now we're going to head over to Yeast and see how this deck doesn't win. No, it doesn't. Um, so, Big Tuck, apparently there's some secret tech that I'm unaware of on how you just win the game. It spit, it spit it to me. You want that first or later? I want it now. Okay, so uh, the one card in here that is the crutch of the entire deck to quote-unquote win is your old boy. We talked about him in spirit during your Azorius deck tech, Teferi, Mage of Zalfir. So two colorless, triple blue for legendary creature, human wizard. He's a three, four with flash creatures. You own that aren't on the battlefield have flash and each opponent can only cast spells only time he or she can cast a sorcery. So I think I have like nine creatures in the deck, but more importantly, I have a knowledge pool. Sure. So if you have to ferry and knowledge pool out, your opponents can't cast spells. Oh yeah, I'm very I'm very aware. We talked about this during yeah, yeah. my Azorius deck. That lock I mean, that doesn't really win you the game. That's only well, that's the only lock I got in it. <laughs> so Because because also it's only from their hands. So sure. if they have a decent commander, they could cast their commander right. all day long. But do they have be fine. Do they have a seven five with cascade? <laughs> they can technically <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> So I did see Teferi. Well, I was gonna cut him, but I know you have the Omen Machine and Knowledge Pool in here, and so it's like I'll leave it because sure. it does have a very loose fit. But I think that's that's a fringe thing. Oh, it doesn't, oh, he does not. It's the fringiest. <laughs> it's the yeah. Fringiest. He definitely does not feed chaos at no. all. I just needed. I uh, this was the reason why he came into this deck is because I ran knowledge pool because it is chaos. And then I saw on some, on something that it's like to ferry knowledge pool lock. And I was like, sure. I had one line around. So, Fair. but I think you brought up two. I think you bring up a great point where that, and also your future site, not helping with the blue pip situation. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> so that's the, might need, might might need to revisit our land distribution. <laughs> Might need to throw this deck in the garbage. Uh, so that's my, that's my only sort of yeasty card that actually could win you the game. What do you got? What do you got, Mr. Combs? All right. So I got one of my favorite chaos cards Ooh. ever. And I'm going to read. Oh, this is like new text. Gosh, I wish they could have shortened it. Um, it looks like squeeze in the art. Hi. We're talking a fun game. Three, two, one. Goblin, Goblin game. game. Woo! Yeah. Five colorless red, red. Big Tuck, read it off. Damn it. All right. Uh, each player <laughs> hides at least one object, then all players reveal them simultaneously. Each player loses life equal to the number of objects he or she revealed. The player who revealed the fewest object then loses half his or her life rounded up. If two or more players are tied for fewest, each loses half of his or her life rounded up. <laughs> yeah, I love this card. Now, the the way that we've the way that we've played this card is you grab two or three yeah. d20s and you just kind of set the numbers down. You put your hands over it and you reveal it. I think we need to start doing it where you actually do have to hide objects. 
And it doesn't have to even be dice. It could be a cat or a <laughs> hot dog bun. You could jam a cat. We're talking jamming cats. We finally found it. This is the exact reason for this. So, um, Got to jam a cat. Friend of the show, Scooty Shuffles, when I first played this card, he thought it was being really sly. I'm refilling my drink so I can sip for the Scooty Shuffles reference. Um, he thought he was being real sly. And slowly, when I first played this, he slowly started like inching his hand over to like start grabbing dice and reaching into his pockets to figure out what he had in his wallets and stuff. I was like, all right, Studi, <laughs> hands on the table. So I I have actually cast this card. I used to run this in a lot of decks, actually, like <laughs> a bunch. And um that we we it came up so much in that playgroup, we had to do rules. So if you're gonna do the objects thing, when this resolves or before when you cast it, you have to say hands on the table. Because then people are gonna try to start getting cute, start doing things. And I think one time, Mr. Combo, when we did this together, did you just reach out and just like you just went like and just like grabbed a bunch of dice? <laughs> now Yes, yes I did. The question for you is the we we talked about him many times in this podcast, Mikhail. Um, he always said twenty or nothing. What do you think about yep. that tech? Um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not down for that. You're not? Um, no, because that's half your life. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. But no, the point is, is that if you're going to go that approach, go 19. Oh, the, it's the, uh, so, price is right theory. It's the price is right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, okay, if I'm going to lose half my life. Anyways, let me at least see if I can save her one life or do 18. Mm -hmm. do, do, a, do a 15 to 19 somewhere like in there because then it's like, uh, if I lose three or four more life, it's not the end of the world. Um, but just straight broke going for 20, it's just like, God, that that, that feels real bad. So Having just been through the Mikhail experience here on vacation, uh, it's all anarchy. That's all he's looking for. <laughs> I have a question. Well, that's what this card so literally is. Here's some real <laughs> secret tech for you. I know you never will, but... Kind of a sleeper ad, potentially. Neheb? That's a lot of life loss. And that's a lot of mana for something that doesn't win me the game. Just saying. Then it goes into your rolling earthquakes of the world or whatever comet storm that you run in it. It's insane. Yeah. It's insanity. It, 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 maybe that's a discussion for one of our themed months. Ooh, I like it. Coming later. Ooh, ooh, ooh that was a preview. Ooh. All right. Well, what is your last yeast? All right. I really wish I was wearing my glasses because this is the most text I think that ever exists in a card. Um, and actually, this is a card I saw not once, but twice in Omaha in the three games I played there. <laughs> I know what you're talking yeah. about. So we're going to talk about your old pal and lawyer beckoning card, Warp World. Five colorless, triple red for a rare that is currently 71 cents. Okay, here we go. Each player shuffles all permanents he or she owns into his or her library, then reveals that many cards from the top of his or her library. Each player puts all artifact, creature, and land cards revealed this way onto the battlefield, then does the same for enchantment cards, then puts all cards revealed this way that weren't put on the battlefield on the bottom of his or her library. So, before you give your point on it, the one comment I do want to make... Yes, it is a chaos card, mm -hmm. and I love that. But you really, like, 33, 34 of cards, so 66, 65% of your deck you could potentially put out. Right. 
but then there's a good 34% of your deck that you'd whiff on. I'll do you one better. I have never resolved this card and gotten close to winning the game. <laughs> so this is this is like the ultimate chaos card in this deck, right? There's another one in the Spice yeah. that does something sort of similar but slightly better, where this is constantly come back and bit me in the ass. But just the fact that you have to sit there, sort through everything, and figure out what's on your board, figure out what's on your library, it grinds the game to a screeching halt. And this is usually the time where if it's at 11 or midnight, people are like, yeah, we're just good. We're, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pack it up back in. <laughs> I will say this though, um, a guy in Omaha was playing this in his Jota deck, which you would think would be really good because you could potentially get a bunch of big monster R's out. Sure, but I feel like at least my Jota deck has a lot of instant sorceries. Agreed. His was his was like just all monsters, but it actually bit him in the ass because I got the cards out needed to win on Prosh the two turns after that. Everyone else's boards wow. were decimated, and I was like perfectly positioned to win the game. So, is it a lot of mana? Yes. Does it win the game? No. Is it kind of sometimes funny? Yeah, maybe. I'll take it, because you know everyone's going to groan yes, when you play exactly. it. My next card is one that is universally hated by everyone, and that could even have a salt meter on EDH rec. Mm. Talking We're about talking about Perplexing Chimera. So good. This card's so good and pisses off so many people. Uh, including all three colorless on this call. <laughs> Four colorless blue, enchantment creature, Chimera. It's a 3-3. Three, three. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, you may exchange control of Perplexing Chimera and that spell. If you do, you may choose new targets for the spell. If the spell becomes a permanent, you control that permanent. So basically, you put this down and you say, you don't get to play anything unless I say so. Yeah. It's, it's little, you play stepdad. Little, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stepdad. <laughs> I so I know you play a lot of you play more stacks and know that better. Can you think of a can you think of one card that warps the rest of the game more than perplexing chimera? Um. Yeah, there's the um, there's that one card. I think it's either black or blue. And it's like whenever a creature enters the battlefield, you have to sacrifice a creature. So depending on where what their creature count is at at the point, they never get to have right, creatures. Right, right, fair point. It, it's either sacrifice or destroy mm -hmm, a creature, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. something like what? that. If you control that, it, that would be that level. Yes. To where, like, if you get that down early enough, Squee would just be like, "Well, f me in yeah, the butt." That's, in, I guess that's I'm not in this game, game until I draw my two, until I draw <laughs> some removal. Yeah. So some, something like that, and then the uh, other black enchantment that I run in my Shirai deck that turns everything into a swamp and nothing else. And then I have to the upkeep because yeah. I have to sack a creature. Uh, something, yeah. something along, yeah, something along those lines. I would say are equal to it. But the the thing about those two cards is literally there's no way around it unless you get rid of the things. This one at least it's a choice. Yes. Do you want to choose to do it? And technically, you can get around perplexing chimera with a board wipe. Sucks because you lose your stuff. Right. But sure, I'll, I'll take control of your perplexing chimera, and you have the board wipe now. Right. Feel good. But and I will also say, but I again to that point, I think that's also shows the power of this card because they're using a board wipe to get rid of one creature. Right. <laughs> it's yep. like that's a three three yeah. a dollar rare. Oh my gosh, it's so good. This was I think this. This card 
was brought up and also ruined by Mikhail because I believe he ran this in like yes. piles of his decks. A right? lot of decks. <laughs> yes. So brutal. It was terrible. Because then, because he's smart enough that he knows the exact card to take and be like willing to give up perplexing Chimera, but then somehow he always gets yes, it back. Yes, every single oh, card. What a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, my last card I want to talk about is one that I feel like if you're going to land this card, you're probably have gotten your opponents low enough to where now, no matter what they do, they die. Mm-hmm. We're talking about mana bars. Oh, yeah. Three colorless red enchantment. Whenever a player taps a land for mana, mana barb deals damage to that player. Or if you're jerk of the cat or jerk of friend of the cast, Dan. Jerk of the cat. Put it, I like it. Jerk of the cat. Uh, <laughs> sounds sounds like some jerk chicken. Oh. Uh, and you and you and you run this in your freaking toe brand oh, deck. Okay. Oh god. <laughs> Uh, but no, I see this as definitely a later game card. Life totals are maybe 10 or less, somewhere in there. The game's winding down. And it's like, hey, mana barbs, I know you want to play that big flashy spell, but you'll die. Let's take the damage for it. I agree. Um, yeah. I So this card, I think traditionally I've tried to run it out as fast as possible to like deter people. But when you run this out at 40, to your point, when you run this out at 40 life, they're like... <laughs> 10 damage a turn, I don't care. Like, I'll find a removal for yeah. it. <laughs> Somebody will. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But when you're, like, at the 15 mm-hmm. or less, it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, I could get rid of it, but I have the Cyclonic Rift. Do I really just want to not overload Cyclonic Rift yes. to get rid of one thing and take two damage <laughs> or overload it and take seven damage? Yes. And then maybe they just play it again. Um, I, that, that's a card that I think late game warps quite mm-hmm. a bit. Or if you're unlucky enough... Don't put that in because you'll get all upset. Or if you're at a table with, uh, what did we call him? Duke Nathaniel? Nathaniel the Great? I can't Sir, remember. Sir Na- but Nathan. Sir Nathan? Yeah, I think it's Sir Nathan. <laughs> uh, and he's playing his life gain decks. He just literally won't care about the score. Oh, ball. right, exactly. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, this is actually one of the cards I think is actually good in the deck. <laughs> so. Yeah. It actually does something. It's chaos. It's chaos. Uh, all right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the yeast package. Now we head over to the spicy turkey bowl because no one wants to eat those. Like, no one wants to play this deck. Um, and I guess I start this off again. Um, this is one where I really try to get in your head. <gasps> and, I, and I didn't want to pick one that you were going to pick. But I'm afraid that we might have. It's a blue enchantment. No, you're good. Oh, thank God. Uh, we're talking about sh- we're talking about share. Oh, thing. yes, we are. Uh, four colorless blue uh, enchantment from Mirrodin. If a player would draw a card, that player removes the top card of an opponent's library from the game face down instead. Each player may look at and play cards he or she removed from the game with shared fate as though they were in his or her hand. So you still have to have the colors yes. to play it. And is that Urza and... Vraska? They can't be Vraska. It's not Vraska, so she wasn't there, and I'm that might be Come on, Vorthos nerd. Alright, so this is my only thing I could think of. This might be the Memnarch before he became the Memnarch, but I don't know if that exists. I think I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> it could be it could be anyone. But anyways, I like this because in Commander, so in a constructed format, this is less impactful. 
uh, meaning they don't have color restrictions of what you can have in the deck. Right. In Commander, this could be absolutely brack-breaking, because you could be playing me and my mono-white mm -hmm. deck. You plop this, and I don't get to play anything for the rest of oh, the yeah. game, because your deck doesn't have any white. I'm going to have to try to find someone else that has white that maybe I could do something out of. And you're at a higher advantage with this card because you at least play three of the five mm -hmm. colors. So you're going to have a better opportunity to find an opponent to actually grab something. But everyone is in chaos random mode. And it's like, well, hope I can figure something out. And it doesn't even say if it's the first card they would draw on their turn. Mm -hmm. Just whenever you draw a card. So you can't even say, okay, well, my first card I have to take, you know, off of Big Tuck's library, but I can cast this Brainstorm and be fine. Right. No, no, no. You're going to brainstorm off someone else's library. And uh, we talked about this earlier, which this is this is why the card, if you're playing like a good deck, you'd want to have like piles of mana fixing for. Um, again, we've talked about it. This is a good deck, so that adds up. Um, but I think like <laughs> we've talked a lot before about these sort of effects that exile a card from the game. So even if you can't play it, if you exile something that's backbreaking or is really integral to their strategy, that's worth it yep. on itself, right? Like that's just one less thing that you have to worry about that they're gonna come out and bump you in the butt for. Yeah, I mean, just imagine if you exile out uh, an Omniscience oh. and you're in like uh, Orzov. It's like, well, okay, I don't even care if I can cast it. That's a great card. That's absolutely. So yeah, I'm like, <clears throat> it still kind of gives your, I, I'm, <coughs> we'll talk about this in a second, but like, I think a lot of the stuff on here, I like to have the opponents have a choice. And this one, they choose where they pull it from as well, right? So they can take the risk and be sure. like, okay, I have one of his colors or two of his, which one do I want to try to maybe get to? Yep, not for sure. All right, well, what's your spice? So this was, I think I've only made like three additions and cuts to this deck in the two plus years I've had it, uh, according to uh, Tapped Out here. So I'm going to talk about a card, which I think is a better version of Stolen Goods because it's repeatable. So we're talking about the Chaos Wand. <laughs> yeah, we are. So three colorless for a 50 cent rare from M19. Um, four tap, target, target opponent exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile an instant or a sorcery card. You may then cast that card without paying its mana cost, then put the exiled cards that weren't cast this way on the bottom of that library in a random order. So the reason why I like this card is A, it's repeatable, because a lot of times I'm just sitting there waiting, praying that I get the seven <laughs> mana to cast, or yeah, seven, eight mana to cast my commander, eight. Um, sure. But also, I think instants and sorceries can be some of the more powerful and more game warping cards in the format, right? So if yeah. you hit like a time stretch or if you hit a timely board wipe when you get this, it can really accelerate you out. And even then, like there's been times where I think I cast this and everyone, one thing that's weird about this deck is I cast one of these chaos cards and it's pandemonium. Like everyone just starts panicking. I'm dead serious. And everyone's just like, we gotta do something about this. What are we gonna do about this? It's like, uh, just wait two turns and nothing will change. Um, but there has been times where I've gotten, I have gotten a rampant growth or a, you know, explosive vegetation. And normally you'd be like, oh, that sucks. But then that gets me just to the point of the mana that I needed to be able to play something like the Scramble Versus and, and those kind of cards yeah. in the world. So is it clunky? Oh yeah. Um, is it repeatable? Also yes. Is it way too high in convert mana cost and activation? Three S's in a row. I mean, convert mana cost, no. I think the activation, yes. yes. I but I, th I, th I, th I think they just wanted it to be one of those things where if you play it and you miss a land drop, 
it's like you can't activate it and hopefully get out of the jam. Yeah, 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 it's like sure. there's a pe- there's a penalty for doing it mm-hmm. turn three and, and keeping that three lander. So as, a, as opposed um, yeah. to, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, I really like the card, uh, but here's the thing: I think you need to accept the fact that you are a chaos deck. Everyone needs to panic because they don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> it, it's, it's not like you guys are playing my Joda deck and it's like, okay, he played Chromatic Lantern. We have to panic because now who God knows what he can cast and it's all terrible. This is literally who knows what he has right. like, or what he's going to get from our decks or what we're going to get. Um, it, it, it could be a Whisper Soul Cloak or it could be a Scrambleverse. Mm-hmm. My life is ruined. My plans are ruined. And and that's the thing with EDH is, is I always describe it as poker meets chess. Right. You got a bluff, you have cards, but you also have to think five, six steps ahead and a Chaos deck allows you to just react and nothing else. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. All right. Well, I think that wraps up the spice package. Now we're going to head over to the bottle capping. As a reminder, it's going to be big tucks, our guests, and ice cuts and adds to the deck that are under $5, under 50 bucks, any personal recommendation with no budget. Just can't talk about mana-only lands. So, I wanted to get more into this chaos uh-huh. thing with you, okay? And so... The one thing that, and, and I think Maelstrom Wanderer is fine as your Chaos Commander right. because he costs eight and his Cascade Cascade, so you can cast up for seven or less, sure. which pretty much every card in your deck outside of three, four cards. Every card in your deck outside of four cards costs seven or less. So I'm fine with that. But you have some other Cascade cards in here that are just, I don't think they're that good. Uh, for this deck. I, I agree with you, and I will say the one thing that is good with those other Cascade cards that are in here, like the Bloodbraid Elves of the World, is they effectively just end up being ramp cards, because I just get into uh, Signet or like a sure. sort of ramp, but I, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> All right, well, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch mine around a little bit. Uh, Bloodbraid Elf is going to be my personal recommendation cut, so we'll just flip it to the under five. Sure. So Bloodbraid Elf uh, is two colorless gruel, uh, red-green creature, Elf Berserker. It's a 3-2 with haste, and it has the cascade effect that we talked about. It's the same effect that we talked about with your commander, so don't need to go over that again. All right, so we're talking more focus chaos. So Atali Primal oh, Storm sure. is perfect for this deck, plus... He is a six CMC creature, four colorless, red, red. So he will come out off of a cascade with your commander. And since your commander gets all your creatures haste, you'll be able to attack immediately with him. Ooh. So he is a legendary creature, Elder Dinosaur, six, six. Whenever a Tali Primal Storm attacks, exile the top card of each player's library. Then you may cast any number of spells from among those cards without paying their mana cost. It's still chaos because no one knows what's going to happen, but it's something that you immediately... So you talk about you cast Maelstrom Wanderer and you don't immediately win the game or warp the game. This actually does immediately warp or possibly win the game because you could get it off the uh, Maelstrom Wanderer. So I'm on board with that, and I got even better news for you, sir. Guess what? What's up? Uh, This came standard in the Calamax pre-con, and guess what? I think I'm going to cut it from that one. There you go. Uh, I'm excited because, you know, you know, here's the thing. It doesn't really lower your CMC, (laughs) but I think if you're going to keep this deck together, you're going to have to do more bottle cappings than um, we could talk about. (laughs) So you're going to have to, you know, probably cut some cards for some lands. You're going to need to get cultivates and stuff like that in here. Probably get a chromatic lantern. Um, So you're going to have to do some work to make the deck function. So I'm not worried about 
increasing, quote unquote, the CMC card over card, because I think your CMC is going to drop when you get rid of all your chaff yes. and actually streamline the Agreed. deck a little bit. And especially to your point, a tall A for those playing the home game is like a buck and change right now, right? So I I think Atoli is awesome. I think I think he plays into a lot of good decks too. Uh, and corrections are buck and change. He is two dollars and twenty cents. What? Blasphemy. Um, well, Blasphemy. he's going to be zero dollars and one card for me. So pretty excited about that. <laughs> All right. Well, what are you going to cut for your under? So I I I'm going to try to warp this deck to still be chaos, but also give. I'm going to try to turn it into something that gives the other players more options, right? Like we talked about that, where the the manifold insights um, and that sort of things. Uh, what was the one that you had? Steam augury, where your opponents are making tough choices, right? So that's kind of where yep. I kind of see this deck going. So I'm actually going to cut sudden substitution. Um, uh, I'm okay. also cutting that for my under so 50. I want this card to be so good, and I just do not uh, no. think it is. <laughs> or like, not certainly not in this deck, right? <laughs> So I, when this card got previewed, everyone freaked yep. out about it, similar to the free counter spells uh, that came out in Commander 20. Mm -hmm. But you can now tell by the price of this being at $1.80 that everyone realized that it's not as good as you want. Like, I've even had... I'm trying to... Th I think it was Godfather had this card in hand, one game that we played together. Might have even been the night that we, you and uh, the goat came over. And he kept being like, can I cast this? Yes. On, on like the spells that were coming out. And I kept being like, I mean, not really. It's not going to do anything. And he just kept being like, what's the point of this yeah, card? Yeah. And it's like, good point. No, I agree. And like, if I think if so, anyways, the card is two colorless blue, blue for an instant. It's got split second. Um, as long as the spell is on the stack, players can't cast spells or activate abilities that aren't mana abilities. Exchange control of target non-creature spell and target creature, then the spell's controller may, may choose new targets for it. So, um, I think this works This works in like a Talran kind of spell slinger, where you have creatures to give, to some extent, right? Where like sure. getting out a 2-2 two -two Drake or, you know, whatever the case may be there isn't a big deal, but here I run what, like eight creatures? <laughs> so I certainly don't want to yeah. I certainly don't want to give out a, you know, um, your commander. Yeah, yes, exactly. Which is usually the only creature I have. Um, or like an acidic yeah. slime. Sorry. It, it, it does fit your chaos theme, though, because I think you need to look at this card if you were to keep it in this deck or if the collective would want to put it in your Maelstrom Wanderer chaos deck to where you're not so much worried about giving a creature you control with a non-creature spell your opponent's control. It's like, hey, I'm going to take your spell, but I'm going to give it to him and give that creature over to you and have fun with it. I, but I think to your point, if it is like if it is a if you want to cast this card outside of just like for funsies and chaos, you want it to be like a, an expropriate or a torment of hellfire or something, right? But so giving those to someone else doesn't really help you, right? So none of this deck is helping yes, you right fact. now. <laughs> so well, so I'm going to change this to a card which will um lower the well i guess i'll keep the curve the same but this is the kind of card that i think works well in this deck tent with discovery so oh, again sure. three colorless and a, and a green we've talked about this before i think it's a sorcery tempting offer search your library for a land card and put it onto the battlefield each opponent may search their library for a land card and put it on the battlefield for each opponent who searched the library this way search the library for a land card and put it on the battlefield and then everyone who searched shuffles it i think like this fits the theme a lot of different ways, right? Like it's a it's a ramp, and I have all sorts of 
crappy lands in here, cussing lands in here that are garbage. So being able to get one. And again, this is one of those cards that really puts the onus and puts the decision in your opponent in your opponent's hands. Because how many times mm -hmm. so Mr. Combo, what is the correct reaction to this card? You don't pay. You do it. not pay. Never. It. You absolutely do not pay it. But sometimes when there's when you cast this card, it turns into this like mini political debate of, or are you gonna do it? Because if you're doing it, I'm doing it. And then the last person's like, well, if you two guys are doing it, I'm gonna do it too. I don't care. Like, where's it go around? So I think this idea kind of it, it, it's less of like it's less of forced chaos and more of like the seeds of chaos, right? Because people will people yeah. will remember, because I've, I've cast this card before, and I think you know what I'm talking about, where people are like, hey, yeah. wait, you're doing this now because you got that land off this? Well, I should have done it too, you know what I mean? Yep, 100%, because what always happens is the second person will be like, you know what? I won't take it. And then the third person's like, you know what? I think I'm gonna take it, and then the last person's like, "Well, I guess I might as well." And the second person's like, yeah. "What the hell? I would have done it too." Um, also, this card—I think this card used to be like five dollars. It's a buck now. So any land tutor, and you can Whoa. get more out of it. So that's like I said, I'm trying to make it more of that style as well. Sun substitution. I think we, I think we agree. It's just not the right card for this deck. Yeah, well, and I think the reason it was so expensive is um, at the time it had only been printed in Commander 2013. Mm -hmm. and so they did a reprint in 16, but then they did one in 19, and it came out in Mystery Boosters. <laughs> right. So it's just been shoved yeah. down our throats uh, for a while now. But no, great card, uh, great inclusion. All right, so for my under 50, I talked about Sudden, sudden Substitution as well. Not going to go yep. into it. Um, and this card, I've never found a home Ooh. for. And... Uh, I think you have a home with it here because it's chaos on demand. We're talking about a planar bridge. Oh, okay. Six colorless legendary artifact. You could pay eight and tap it, search your library for a permanent, put it onto the battlefield and shuffle your library. So we kind of look at your deck and like, for example, if you left in the Bloodbraid Elves or I'll get to the other uh, Cascade creature in the deck later, sure. if you leave those guys in, it could be pay eight, get that Cascade, get another spell mm -hmm. for free. Um, it could be something to where if you want that Teferi to hopefully lock sure. down the game, you can go get it. Uh, you have Teferi and you want to go get the artifact, go get it. Um, it allows you so many different avenues and you don't really have tutors, which is fine because it's a right. chaos deck. But I think I think if we incorporate more permanent chaos, then this card really lets you pick and choose what kind of chaos you want to have happen. Right. Because it's still chaos at the end of the day. Yeah. It's not like it's opponent only chaos. It's still impacting everyone. Um, so I think something like that would be really funny. And I think it could have a home in this deck because also you get it free with Maelstrom Wander. Like it. And honestly, to your point, Another good cut for this might just be Teferi, right? Yeah, because then, because then, I mean, it it is your only win. So I don't, I don't know if you want to uh, do it. Because I mean, in, in theory, you could have Planar Bridge out right before your turn, pay eight, get Teferi. Now it's your turn. You pay eight, get your knowledge pool. Oh, sure. You quote unquote win. So quote, like quote, you know. Unquote, the, the, yeah, quote unquote win. I, I just like it because basically. Your command. I, I'm trying to pick cards that Maelstrom Wanderer can get off right, the cascade, right, right. and when they hit the battlefield, they impact you in a positive manner, 
whether it's chaos or scares your opponents to bejesus, <laughs> um, you know, that, that's for debate. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, and I probably have like six copies of my binder downstairs. Wait, really? I got so many of these when I cracked that set. Really? Okay. Well, I... Yeah. I mean, by six, I might have like two sure. or three. But yeah, I and I think I even bought some to put into decks. Like, you think this would be good in my Atraxa deck? All the Planeswalkers are permanents, but it's like, do I really want to pay eight to go get a three mana Planeswalker? Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. No, I, I not really. No, I like it a, I like it a lot. No. Planet Bridge is a real... Card. All right. Well, what is your under 50 card? All right, so I'm going to cut Desperate Ravings. Um, I think it's usually a kind of a cute card. So Desperate Ravings is a colorless and a, and a red. It's an instant. Draw two cards and discard a card at random. It has flashback, two colorless and a blue. Here's the thing. Random is great. I have no graveyard recursion in this deck. So if I... I will I will address that. Okay, keep going. excellent. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to hear that. So uh, I have no graveyard recursion in this deck, and honestly, this should just be a tormenting voice, or uh, the better one, thrill possibility, or a brainstorm because I'm running blue, or myriad of things, right? So um, getting back to your point of like the people kind of making a choice and just showing a deck, this is a weird one. Okay, this is a real weird one. But I think this is the only deck, and also to your point, I think this is the only deck this works in. I want to put in Guided Passage. It's insane, okay? Okay. Sorcery for green or blue, red, green, or green, blue, red, whatever you want to do. Reveal the cards in your library. An opponent chooses from among them a creature card, a land card, and a non-creature non-land card. You put the chosen cards into your hand. This library. This card makes no yes, sense. No, it's super dumb. I love Especially it. Especially because it came out in Apocalypse, like which was a real set and not like That's what we're talking about. And not some other like real <laughs> this wasn't this wasn't in like Battle Bond or Jumpstart or something like that. This is was back when magic was played for real. So here's my thought with this, right? So effectively you're paying three to draw three, which is pretty decent, right? Sure. And I think that if you do, if you take a little bit of tuning to the deck, the options will only be ramp cards or chaos cards and nothing in between, yep. right? So you're like, mm. okay, perfect. You're gonna give me three ramp cards? Great, that's three steps closer to getting Maelstrom Wander out, right? Or, yeah. again, there's gonna be someone at the table, like if I'm sitting across a Tice, a Marketing Ross, potentially even an, of a Sir Nathan kind of sort, they might, you might be able to slink into a little bit of politicalness with them. Just give me one, just give me one random card. It's okay. Nothing's going to matter. It's okay. It's okay. Just give me, just. I like it. Um, it fits what this deck wants to be. And that's what I'm excited to see. Never seen this card before in right. my life. Probably never will again. Guaranteed. <laughs> and it's. Um, I kind of want to put it in Animar. Why wouldn't you, right? Like. <laughs> And the more I think about it, it really is. Even if they choose the worst three cards in your deck, right? So let's say let's say the worst creature in a deck is a ramp, is a is a mana dark or an arboreal glazer, right? Sure. Uh, the worst land is a forest, and the worst non-creature non-land card is a cultivate. Okay, okay. Great. So, well, I think to your point though, it depends on what stage of the game you're casting. I agree with this. you. So I think if it's early game, if you pick me, I'm going to give you a bounce land 
I'm going to give you the most expensive creature you have. I'm going to give you the most expensive non-creature spell you have in hopes that you probably won't be able to cast them. If it's late game, I'm going to give you all ramp because right. it's like, well, that does you nothing. I think this card lives in the middle game. Yeah. To where it's like, you know what? You give me the expensive stuff, I'll get there. <laughs> give, me, give me turn or two. They give you a bunch of ramp. It's like, perfect. I get Maelstrom Wanderer out maybe this turn. Right. So I think, I think, I think that's where this card has to be played probably turn four through six. That's the sweet and, spot. And again, at that point, you might have already cast your mana ramp, right? You've already cast your Cultivate yep. Exclusive Vegetation of the World, so now you're just, like, dwindling down the choices. So, again, like... I like it. I, I don't know, and, like, again, I'm trying to get more into the... your opponents are have agency or have a choice. And this is the ultimate yeah. way of that. No, I like it's it. Like you can just be like, "Here's my way. Here's, here's my deck. Have fun." And then, they, and then I guarantee if you do yeah. this at like an LGS, they're just gonna look through and be like, "What the f are you doing, man?" <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're at the no budget. I didn't quite break the bank, but it is a forty-four to sixty dollars. You will not put it in the deck, but. I think it fits this deck perfect to a T because it protects your chaos. So we're going to cut Ethereum Horn Sorcerer. Okay. Four colorless is it, uh, blue, red, artifact creature, Minotaur Wizard, and it has Cascade, so you can Cascade for something five or less once. It's a three, six. The thing that makes this card cool for everyone out there is you can pay a colorless is it and bounce him back to your hand. He's an all-star in my Animar deck because, you know, infinite mana, infinite cascade, right. and we're off to the races. This deck, whatever. What I've noticed in this deck, though, the way your chaos is going is, like, you're pitching stuff at random to the graveyard. You're sacking stuff at random to the graveyard. You're just board wiping yourself into your <laughs> graveyard. Um, and I feel like that could be your detriment because you could start losing the pieces that you need. Huh? We talked about it last Tuesday on MTG Action 4 News. Cosmic Butcher of oh Truth. Oh my gosh. So, cost 10 colorless, legendary creature Eldrazi. When you cast them, you draw four. That's big for this yeah. deck. You're drawing cards. Annihilator four, you you know, whenever it attacks a defending player, sack it four permanents, and it's a 12-12. I actually don't think that this card is going to be in this deck for the Annihilator or the Swing. Granted, if you have him out and Maelstrom Wanderer, that's amazing, right. but that's Magical Christmas Land. I want him in the deck to be a 10 mana, draw four, and when he's put into the graveyard from anywhere, you shuffle your entire graveyard mm -hmm. back into your library. So that allows you to keep reusing your cascade as much as you, or sorry, your chaos right, as much right. as you want, regardless of what your opponents do. Even if it's a, you cast Kozilek and then they counterspell it, cool. You drew four, it goes to the graveyard, you shuffle your graveyard back in, let's start the chaos over again. I know it's a lot of money for a deck that you don't really put money into. Uh, I don't even know if you own a copy of Kozilek or what what deck he would reside in, but this is one that I have a playtest version. Next time we see each other IRL, if you want to borrow sure. it, put it in and play the deck a couple times just to see if you see it, kind of like what we did with Bitter Blossom. Happy to do that, but I think this card completely unlocks the chaos, even though he by himself is not a chaos card. I agree with you completely, and on top of that, there... This card also can just win a game on its own, right? Like, so this is sure. also just a yeast card and a recycling one. Now, yeah, that's a real that's that's the issue though. It's like 
If I had one, if I had one of this, this is probably not the deck I've got to put it in. <laughs> but I do like this idea of I probably I probably should own a Kozilek and a Nulamog and all these like big beefy guys, right? Like it's it's important. I should yeah. just have at least one of those and then have these playtest versions around to be able to figure out if I want to fit them in the deck short term or long term. So I'm kind of into and, it. And it's it's kind of and it's kind of like what you and I talked about when we talked about uh, Kozilek and those Eldrazi's to where having a card in your deck that protects you from milling yes. is very, very important. And so I, I'm sure you have tons of decks where it's like, gosh, if I just start getting milled out or if I start having to discard everything, yeah, that's I'm real in, bad news bears for me. And so th that's kind of why I've started strategically using Kozilek in a lot of my decks. Like, yeah, like you said, it's great. He's a 12-12 with Annihilator 4. He's a big, beefy guy. But sometimes I literally have him in the deck for 10 mana, draw four, and when you get rid of him, he's just gonna right back get shuffled back in with everything else. The only thing that would impact him is an exile spell, but few and far between, very much like enchantment. I, and actually, to your point, I think he's, if I was gonna spend the money on one of these titans, I think it's spend the money on him, because he ha he has oh, yeah. way more utility than Ulamog, right? Yeah. Maybe pick one up, man. Yeah, It's far. definitely worth it. Yeah, I mean, you know, in worst case, you may be able to scrounge up a trade for yeah. one of some like mid-range good stuff. Like, hey, I'll give you these ten five-dollar cards. Give me a, yeah. a Kozilek. Definitely. So, all right, man. Uh, I know you're not breaking the bank. What are you cutting and what uh, are you adding? So I'm going to cut a card that I really want to work, and I've really wanted to work in every deck that's in. But it turns out people aren't complete idiots. So I'm going to actually cut a card called Game Plan. So five colorless and a blue for sorcery. Each player shuffles their hand and graveyard into the library and then draws seven XL game plan. The kicker on this is it has assist. So hypothetically, <laughs> you could say, hey, I'm about to cast a card that does something to this tune. Can someone help me pay for it? Because you have to you have to get the mana into it before you do. Yeah. And literally, no matter what, no matter what period of game we're in, no matter where we're at, it doesn't matter if it's turn four or turn whatever. It's just like no, I can't I can't possibly trust you. You just got me tap down my lands. It's insanity. Um, yeah. So it's a, again, it's a card I really wanted to work, but does not at all. So what I'm going to put it in is a card I and. I, I would even say to that point, if you ever did get a Kozilek, this kind of does what Kozilek does. Right. And if you're always paying six for it anyways, wouldn't you rather pay four more mana and get a 12-12 with Annihilator 4? Completely. Literally the same thing. I mean, completely. yeah, it's draw seven opposed to draw four, but let's not Yes, I, I agree with you completely. So I had one of these cards in here, and I have no idea where it went off to. I know I owned one of these because I bought it. So this is the ultimate people choosing what they want to do. We're going to put in the OG Thieves Auction. Four colorless, triple red. Exile all non-token permanents. Starting with you, which is important, each player chooses one of the exiled cards and puts it onto the battlefield tapped under their control. Repeat this process until all cards exiled this way have been chosen. I have run this in a deck, and I don't remember if it was this one or something else way back in the day. And like 20 I've seen you play it at your mom's this house. One? Yes, yeah. uh, I remember because we were at that table next to the window when you casted it, and I think Alex was there. Yes, uh, Australian Alex. Yes. So I have also cast this and taken. I cast. I somehow got the cast this early, and I took a sliver 
High Lord, the one that has Indestructible, and just won the game. Because it was the only card that that person had. Yep. So it's a goofy card for sure, but I just like the fact that everyone gets to choose. Me first, of course. Oh, of course, of course. right? But semantics. And sometimes you end up with a bomb. Sometimes, th sometimes this is the card. And I think that when I cast this, I didn't have anything. It was right after a board wipe. I had nothing else to do. Sure. And I was like, okay, I'm at least going to get the best card on the battlefield. And it kind of turns into this like fun idea of grabbing different things yeah. and that sort of stuff. So is this a terrible card? 100%. But is it a fun card to resolve? Sometimes. But you could also have the opportunity to cast Maelstrom Wanderer, pull this off the top, this resolves first, then your second cascade <laughs> does after you've already gotten everything, then you get Maelstrom Wanderer. That could happen. So like I said, it's it was like there's another auction card that I don't think is quite as good as this one, but I, I know I had this in the past and I lost it and it's gone up at least, I think I had this for 45 cents and now it's $2.41. You know what this deck could truly need? Um, it's it, once again now we're talking like constantly sure, yeah. cards that are putting it like higher in the budget. But a scroll rack oh, would be really yeah. good in this. You cast Maelstrom Wanderer, and it's like okay with the cast trigger on the stack. Let me reorder and get. Oh, I have Thieves Auction in hand. Let me yes. put that there. And then the second card is this one, and you could kind of start fixing your chaos the way yes, you want yes, it to be. Yes. But it's still chaos, so you can't get mad at me. <laughs> again, scroll rack would be almost half of the budget on this one, but. <laughs> What are Correct. you <laughs> But you know what's not half the budget? Being at the end of the Boom. episode, and as promised, here's some details about our giveaway from our sponsor, Level One Game Shop. We're actually going to be doing something kind of cool. Uh, we're going to be giving away some really amazing land singles. Uh, and throughout the month, we'll kind of let you know. There's going to be three total. I'll start it off with a Fabled Passage pre-release. For reals? Yeah. For reals. That's a great card. That's awesome. Nice I can't wait to see what else is left. <laughs> uh, to enter, it's very simple. You just got to simply promote the content we produce. Uh, you get an entry for every interaction you do with us on social media. And uh, we'll, we'll announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News September 1st. And we will put it on all of our stuff uh, very soon after that. And yes, we're doing these giveaways each month. Uh, could be some cool cards. It could be a deck it could be a single amazing card just depends on what level one gaming can hook us up with but if you enjoyed what you listened to or watched today please leave a five-star review leave that positive feedback uh, that really lets us know these nonsense episodes that we put together for you are actually worth it um, if you would like to get a hold of your uh, team uh, as well as find out more ways to enter into the contest here's how you can do that you can reach me at Mr. Combo number five on Twitter. All spelled out except for the five. Big Tug and the World of Chaos. Are you still on Twitter? Unfortunately, I am. Uh, you can still get me there at Big Tuck Tweeting on Twitter. I check it probably two to four times a week, although I will be checking it on the hour every one minute tomorrow at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. We've been waiting. We have been waiting. Uh, we've also been waiting for our main site. You can reach them at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. Go to our website, cmdtower.com, where Big Tuck will have the article, deck list, and all of the stats that we talked about today. Um, if you wanted to find other ways in the interwebs, all you got to do is type in Coiling Oracle Mizium Mortars Deep Analysis Tower. Wow, smooth. Real smooth. Yeah, I actually prepped this. That was nice. <laughs>
Sweet McGee, if people want to find out how to get a hold of yourself and everything that maybe you can help them out with, how would they do that? Oh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Rich Chaos Records. You can also find me at DearSquee at CMDTower.com. I am on the Twitterverse. I check it once in a great while. If you want to... You want to tag me in there? That's the best way to get at me. Uh, if you don't tag me, it's it's I probably won't see it to be honest. But uh, maybe maybe just email me those questions. We got some uh, we got some good responses coming up for you here. Maybe in a week or so. He can handle all your audio needs and does have a full studio. If you ever do come into the Kansas City area, um, if you'd like to support uh, the show, the giveaways that our sponsor hooks us up with, with the orders that you're probably already doing, uh, just go to levelonegameshop.com and when you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Towers that you came from the collective um and then of course outside of their own storefront where they have board game and dice and the sweet cmd tower playmat and sleeves they also do have a branch that is a tcg store uh with lots of products lots of sealed stuff singles go hook them up that'd be nice Another way that you could support us financially, though, is head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have several different reward tiers from as simple as just a buck a month to get access to the Discord, to chat with legends like Chuck the Slice or Nick the Hotness or Dabesh, to even our top tier where you get all the different swag and accessories like those tokens and coins and mats and sleeves. And it's a a pretty cool swag bag. You should go join. Um, Plus, you get additional entries into the monthly giveaway. And of course, thank you again to Pink Royal for the music you guys provide in the beginning and the end. So Big Tuck, Maelstrom wandering in chaos. How was the wandering? Uh, It was way better than I thought, to be honest. Um, I thought you were going to come in here white hot, just put me on hashtag. (laughs) blast but uh i thought you had some really good some really good points here again this is like this is the deck where i always pack it or i'm just like okay i don't care like win lose hopefully i get to cast one of these insane cards and maybe it'll work out maybe not i don't know whatever whatever you're gonna do right um but i think i i do think that there are some cuts and some ways that i can make this into a deck that's not just like yeah, I'm just going to play it um, into something where it's like, oh, no, this is like a true chaos deck. And I think like between our between our cuts, I think we have some good some good lines to do that. Yeah. And like I said, I think if you go through the deck and cut out, let's just say 10 other cards that we probably didn't talk about <laughs> and probably add in three more lands and probably add in like seven other mana rocky ramp type stuff. Uh, a chromatic lantern, a cult, because you don't even have a cultivate in here. Right. Um, and, you know, add that in a Kadama's Reach. Uh, so I think if you add in a lot of that type of basic stuff, even out your mana base a little bit, uh, make sure the colors align. I think this could be something to where you still sit down and accomplish what you want. Hey, I don't know what's going to happen. This is chaos. I don't want to really think. It's just going to be a bunch of randomness. But then there's actually a method to your madness opposed to hopefully I hit Teferi in <laughs> College Pool or you guys are just going to hate me forever. Yeah, that's up. <laughs> well, we're signing out. Bye. Bye.